What's up, Floor? Now that I realize I only have one minute to say what I want to say, um, quickly. Feedback is that you know what's cool about these uh, leaving you a voicemail or a voice message is that we're able to not cut each other off when we're talking. So I think being on the other spectrum of not having a strong personality like you is that I like people that that are able to listen and pretty much let me finish my sentence or my thought because sometimes maybe my perspective on things can influence yours or we can come together to meet in the middle or create a strong um a strong message that we would want to deliver to others. What's up, mi gente? You are listening to Como La Flor with your girl, Flor. And I am officially a doctora. I successfully defended my dissertation about a little over two weeks now, I want to say. So that kind of kept me away from focusing on the podcast. But as I had mentioned, when I started this, it wasn't going to be something that I was going to do consistently in the terms of like every day or every week. It was just whenever I felt moved to do it. And not that I didn't feel moved to talk to y'all or keep you updated on my progress. I just... There came a point where I had to solely focus on just getting the shit done because this this leg of the program was very lonely. It was very lonely and there were a lot of times where I was even asking myself why I was still focusing so much on getting this degree. I think... Probably around January, I want to say, I realized that the reason why I wanted to get this degree was because I thought that having the highest degree in the U.S. in education, I think this is the highest degree in the world, to be honest, that I would finally give myself credit So everyone has their own insecurities, I want to say. Some of us focus more on the way we look. Some of us are insecure about maybe an accent or maybe not having an education or how much money we have or like this persona we want to portray. You know, the list goes on. For me, I'm pretty confident in myself as far as the way I look I'll literally just roll out of bed brush my teeth and call it a day if I feel like it and I'm pretty confident in other a lot of other things but when it comes to my intelligence I've always been insecure or at least as far back as I can remember I've been insecure And as I've done my research and I've read through different articles and I've talked to other people, whether through interviews with my participants or reading through 
other people's interviews or even just random conversations, casual conversations about education, I'm pretty sure my insecurity stems from my experience in school. So as a kid, I always enjoyed school. I've always enjoyed learning. But when we moved, when my family moved us a couple of streets away, it was literally, the move felt like an eternity, to be honest. But now, kind of seeing where my old house was compared to where the house that we ended up moving to is, it was not that far. Literally like a five, ten minute drive. Anyways, the first school that I went to, I went to Marquette Marquette Elementary and I remember just loving that school so much I would get a lot of attention from the teachers I was in an after school program I was in honor roll I did all of the extracurricular activities all the talent shows and then the neighborhood started getting very dangerous so my dad decided to sell the building and we moved to uh, by 71st and Pulaski So I ended up transferring to Hurley Elementary. And that's kind of where everything went to shit. That school, honestly, I don't know. I think reflecting on it now, the biggest hurdle that I had in that age and that grade was my peers. I started feeling like I was getting bullied by the teachers and then I definitely was getting bullied by some of the students. I felt like I was getting picked on all the time for honestly it was dumb shit. For example, I was always getting in trouble with one of the teachers, Miss Guida. I don't even remember what grade it was. Maybe fourth grade? Third grade? I don't know. And she would call my mom all the time saying that my desk was messy. My grades were decent. I had like C's and B's. Apparently, from what my mom said, when we first moved, the school was initially putting me in all these bilingual classes. And according to her, I would come home extremely happy with my books and that I really liked the teacher. And my mom had a problem with me being in the bilingual class. So she wanted me in just the English class. Which now as an educator, I see why that was problematic because they didn't ask her if I needed support with English. They just looked at a little brown girl and assumed that I didn't speak the language and they just placed me in this ESL class. But anyway, I don't know what my experience would have been like being in that class, but the experience I did have wasn't always great. Uh, Math and science was always a struggle for me and because my grades weren't all A's and B's when we finally did have extracurricular activities in that school from what I heard the teachers and the principal say I didn't have the leadership skills to be in those programs we had a student council that they decided to bring up I think around seventh grade And I wasn't able to even apply because they wanted students just with A's and B's. Because according to their standards, leaders have A's and B's. So it wasn't until the choir program came about and that didn't require any 
specific grades and I was able to join. But my elementary school experience was always problematic. And similarly, it was kind of like that in high school too. Luckily with my sports, um, I was held to a certain standard and I had some support to kind of keep me there. But all in all, it's always been very punitive for me to go learn. It didn't matter how creative I was with my posters. It didn't matter how creative I was with the young authors. Even with the young authors, I've always enjoyed reading. I think I've shared in a podcast in the past that reading was my solace. That's where I would find refuge from all of the the bullshit that I was dealing with growing up, especially the Harry Potter books. I would just get lost in the storyline and I would pretend that I was at Hogwarts. So that's why I am such a big Harry Potter fan now, because my childhood basically was at Hogwarts. It provided a safe space for me when I needed it the most. But I know that that's where my insecurities are stemming from when it comes to my intelligence so when I graduated from undergrad my undergraduate experience was a bit problematic too I've shared that with y'all in some episodes in the past and I ended up writing a little bit about it in the book I co-authored and I went to get my master's because I had a few people that saw the potential in me but even with me saying that other people saw the potential in me I didn't see it for myself and at that point I had told myself well you've already experienced the worst thing that could happen to you the most embarrassing thing that could happen to you so what do you have to lose and I applied knowing in the back of my head that I was not going to get in and I think part of me was actually hoping that I wouldn't get in because I didn't want to disappoint but I did get in I graduated And then, again, someone else saw the potential in me for the doctorate. And although I didn't really see the potential in myself, like, per se, I went into it more so with the hope that if I did earn it, that I would be able to earn more money. Because at that point, I had realized how much of a financial deficit I'm in because of my student loans. So it was kind of, I pushed myself out of a need, basically like, bitch, you don't have a choice. You have to go do this to make sure that you have all the qualifications on on these papers when you're looking for these jobs so that you can make the money you need to get out of this hole. And again, I applied knowing in the back of my head that I wasn't going to get in, but at least I couldn't later say that I never tried, but I got in. So the whole process was intimidating. It was helpful to have a cohort and the cohort was great. My cohort mates were so supportive, have been supportive. But, you know, everyone had their own life stuff going on. And I ended up being one of the only ones that made it this far so far because all of them are still trying to finish this shit. But this is the part where I'm saying that it was very lonely because I would receive validation and affirmation from my cohort. And although I had 
people supporting me outside of my cohort. No one was able to fully understand the process and the experience that I was having. So when I tell you that I would submit my papers and in my head I'm telling myself that these papers were shit, then every quarter I thought I was going to fail the class. Because for the doctorate, the lowest grade you can get in, in a class is a B. And luckily, well not luckily because I worked my ass off, but I'm graduating with a 4.0 GPA. This is the first time I get a 4.0 period. But the amount of anxiety... I was experiencing and second-guessing myself with these classes. I was able to go with my classmates and be like, yo, like, am I accurate with this? Like, does this make sense? And they would say, yeah, like, this makes sense. That's what I, that's what I perceived too. And like, they would send me resources and all that stuff. But when I got to the writing part, I was basically on my own. And... I found myself wanting to go to my cohort, but they wouldn't be able to give me advice because they haven't experienced this leg of the program yet. And the writing part, I thought the class part would be the most intimidating, the hardest part, because the writing, it's like you're, you're writing about your study, right? But having control of the narrative was the hardest part for me. I found myself so many times second-guessing what I was saying, being worried about the audience's perspective, and even telling myself, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, no one's going to want to read this shit. This doesn't even make any sense. Or to the point of saying that if the issue was that important, other people would have studied it. So I had to do a lot of soul searching and I'm not going to lie, there were so many times I was crying in the middle of writing and there were a couple of days where I just couldn't get shit on paper. I got the first three chapters done. I, did, I defended my proposal. I passed and then I did my study and it was heartbreaking to hear what current students are experiencing it's heartbreaking to hear that a lot of my experiences resonate with what they're currently going through because then that tells me that a lot of shit hasn't changed it doesn't matter what the government is saying and what fucking programs are coming about for schools all this performative bullshit ain't working it was a bit disheartening to affirm what I already thought that some of the oppression the oppressive system still exists but it was good to be in a role where I'm the one conducting the study I'm the one leading the conversation or at least the questions and the participants were all Latinx and that I was able to provide an example of like, hey, like, we're doing this for our comunidad together. And that I was able to provide a space for a lot of them to get things off of their chest. So it's been a very uh, weird, very weird experience. 
And I think the weirdest part was that I knew that the day was going to come that I would be done. And I don't know if I've mentioned this to you all in another episode, but when I finished with my master's, I ended up experiencing postgraduate depression, which I didn't know was a thing until I started going to therapy and when I had told my therapist that some of the experiences I was having or symptoms, I guess, and when, and he was like, yeah, that's very common with people after they they graduate from school, especially if some of your schemas are tied to education. So a lot of my self-worth has always been tied to my ability to do things and especially when it comes to my intelligence. And now actually reflecting out loud on the grand the grand scope of things I could see why. So I'm the oldest for my siblings and as the oldest I've had this role of looking out for everyone and with me getting these degrees I've I guess low-key been doing it also so that my family doesn't go without obviously I'm not some rich bitch as much as I wish I was I don't have the financial resources but I am an asset to my family in the sense of my social capital I have friends in different professions and it's and it's came in clutch because in some cases I've had some legal questions I needed to ask and I would go to a friend or some like therapeutic resources and I would go to a friend and if I don't have a friend I have a friend that has a friend you know so I have access to people in in high places that know things so when my family has had issues regardless of what it is I'm at least able to get some resources or get a response but recently I came to the realization that that can only go so far so as I've mentioned to you all my grandmother has been getting sued by my worthless ass uncles in Mexico and yes this shit is still going on And I've told y'all before, like, stress, stress, I'm pretty sure is the number one killer. It is the reason for a lot of medical issues. And I experienced it firsthand when I was at Daily getting my associates. I was so focused on not failing that I was doing great, but great wasn't enough. I would stay up like two three nights at a time I would sleep maybe like four five hours within those three days and I would stay up with drinking Red Bull coffee and all kinds of energy shit not really eating I would still have to go to practice for soccer or some shit and I ended up losing my hair not all of it but I had a little bald spot and when I went to the doctor and I had asked what it was from he had said that it was alopecia and I was like, well, what the fuck? Where does, what is, what is that? How do, how do I get rid of it? And he started asking me all these questions and I, he's like, you're stressed. And it's very common for you to lose your eyelashes or, you know, men that have beards and mustaches, they can get alopecia in their facial hair. 
you can get it on your scalp and for you you got it on your scalp like I literally had like a quarter sized bald spot on the top of my head and it was so embarrassing but I was highly stressed and the not sleeping added a layer of stress to my body I was mentally stressed because of school and then I was physically stressed because of not sleeping and you know doing all this cardio working out and my nervous system was stressed because of all the fucking energy shit that I was drinking so that was my experience a couple days ago my grandma had to be put into the hospital in Mexico and I got triggered because I was at work and I happened to be at work on a Friday which usually doesn't happen I usually work from home Fridays but I was there because we had a tour coming in and they were all Latinx students and I figured you know this is a good time for me to be representation and I hadn't really volunteered to do stuff for my team in a while anyway so I figured why not but after the presentations were done my mom called and it was at a weird ass time because during that time my mom's usually at work so I almost didn't answer but my intuition was like the timing you know was weird what if something happened so I immediately counteracted that thought and I just answered the phone because I'm like well, what if something didn't happen just answer the phone so I answered and my mom tells me that my grandma's very sick and I was immediately triggered because the whole um when my grandfather passed away I also found out through the phone except I didn't answer the phone because my intuition was telling me that she was calling me for bad news but if y'all have heard all of my episodes you might recall that one of my earlier episodes I had talked about that one of the reasons I had went to therapy the first time was because when I moved away from my parents every time someone from my parents house would call I would immediately drop everything and answer the phone because I always thought that someone had gotten hurt or someone was in a hospital or someone had died it was just always something negative and it was putting a damper on my life because I would literally be in a movie or you know at dinner and I would have to drop what I was doing and answer the phone because otherwise my anxiety would just kick in so I did my best to like keep it together my mom sounded very worried and she was like you know your grandma said that this is it she's done and that really broke my heart because my grandmother has been extremely strong throughout this entire this entire experience and I can't even imagine how heartbroken she is knowing that she gave birth to five human beings and that three of them are fucking old and they're coming for her like I just I can't even imagine. But she had been heartbroken for a very long time. Um, So, you know, my grandfather passed away. I don't think she was ever able to completely grieve him because immediately she was having to fight for all the shit that she fucking worked for. 
the animals are dying. They locked everything up a couple months ago, so they can't even feed the livestock. And the only thing that she really has access to is her house. So apparently they had my grandmother that's in her late 70s, by the way. She's been having to go to court. And this last court session, my disgusting uncles decided to reel in one of my grandparents or one of my grandfather's kids uh, out of, I guess, I don't know if it's called out of wedlock. Okay, my grandfather done fucked somebody that was the maid and apparently there's a child. Well, this child has grown. The weird part that I see, though, is that this human being has been around for years. I don't know really how old he is. Maybe like in his 20s, 18, I don't know. He was at the funeral and no one talked to him. I didn't see any of those three assholes even look at him. They knew he was there. And they didn't even bat an eyelash. They've never talked about him in all the times that I've spent with all of them, ever. Now, all of a sudden, they want to recognize him as a sibling. So it wasn't bad enough that they were suing their own mother. They decided to fucking stomp all over her heart by bringing up proof of infidelity while she's still a widow so I don't know from my perspective I feel like this was like the lowest of the low I feel like my grandmother had hope and she's been disappointed by her those three of her kids because of all of this shit that they have going on and I don't think she expected them to get to this level but this is a part where it would help if you didn't have expectations from people because it could lead to disappointment and that's exactly what happened here my grandmother's in her late 70s like i said and when i tell you she's physically strong this woman will still fucking climb trees i think a couple months maybe a couple weeks ago she fell um she was on a i don't know where she oh she was gardening she was gardening and she had the water hose like wrapped up somewhere and the phone rang she turned around to like go get the phone and she got caught in the in the water hose tripped and fell and she told me that she almost cracked her head open on the sidewalk but she was fine she's had back issues but she's still walking around doing her own thing she still drives and she knows how to be by herself But she is the most, not sensitive, I think emotionally vulnerable person, especially right now. I had never really had any conversations with my grandmother growing up. I don't want to generalize, but the way I was raised, there are certain boundaries you don't cross with your grandparents. And because of respect, I didn't ask my grandfather questions that I still have the furthest thing I got was that I asked him one day why they named my dad Reuben 
And he's like, I don't know, ask, ask your grandma. And I was like, oh, okay. So I have a lot of stories of my grandfather and memories of him telling us stories, but they were always stories that he initiated. It was never us asking questions. And luckily with my grandmother, when I spent time out there right before my grandfather passed away and the couple times that I've been to visit her since, I've been able to get to know her more, get to know about her childhood, how she met my grandfather and, you know, a, a lot of pieces from her life that I wouldn't know otherwise. And one of the things that she always said was that she's never good at having conversations. She would always say, mija, es que yo soy bien pendeja para platicar. And I'm over here like, girl, I'm learning so much about you. Like, I don't know why she would say that, but now thinking back, I see my grandmother as one of those people that gives space. So she'll make herself small so that other people can have more light because maybe they need the light. And my grandmother's very religious. She's always praying. Big, big believer in God and Jesus. Very Catholic. And I think that's what it was that she's been having hope and she's been trying to turn the other cheek. You know, like what would Jesus do? But honestly, like at this point, it's kind of fucking her up because she's having hopes that her her three kids that are fucking her up will turn around and maybe not even apologize to her, but just stop and just be her kids. But they're not. And I think the heartache just literally took a toll on her this time because She ended up with a stomach infection. She's got four stents in her heart. Her blood pressure got really low. So apparently my uncle's partner found her, found my grandmother on the floor. And it sounds like she was probably unconscious. My grandmother said that if she wouldn't have shown up when she did, that she probably would have found her dead. And she's been in the hospital since. So it's been almost a week now. So when I got that phone call, it definitely triggered me. But I had to take a step and just take a breath. Because otherwise I was going to lose my shit. I looked at the train schedule and I was going to have to wait two hours for a train anyway to go back home. So I had to think of my coping mechanisms. So I was reading a novel about, it was like a thriller. It was really good, actually. It's called The Perfect Marriage. So look it up. So that's what I forced myself to do. I forced myself to continue reading my novel to get lost in the storyline. So I wouldn't be thinking about the fact that I might lose my grandmother in the next couple of days. And the whole two hours, I would, you know, I would be reading, but then my mind would like kind of like get lost. And I would think about like, well, what if I have to fly to Mexico? Like, should I? Should I leave now? I wonder if my dad's going to go. I wonder how he's doing. And it was just 
I was kind of spiraling. So I had to pause and I allowed myself to cry because I was scared. And then I had to counteract my thoughts and say, okay, well, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. There's nothing you can do about it. But all we can do right now is have hope that her physical strength will, I don't know, I guess, support her emotional strength so that she can continue fighting for her life. And I was low-key scared to call her because I didn't want to see what condition she was in. But I'm glad I did. Um, I kind of like fell apart a little bit in my office and then I cried at home. And right before I was heading to Zumba, I I asked my uncle's partner how my grandma was doing and if she was in good enough spirits to talk. And she's like, yeah, you know, she's like, the daytime is fine. It's at night where everything just kind of goes to shit so I did a whatsapp video chat with my grandmother and I was honest with her so I found myself feeling like I was disrespecting her because what I was saying was very direct but I also said it very lovingly and I did tell her you know like I love you very much so I told her that She needs to remember that she had five kids, not just three. And that the two that have been supporting her and her grandkids that have been supporting her and her great-grandkids, that we still need her. We still need her around for a little longer. If she wants to stay around, that she can focus on us and everyone else that has been supporting her. Because there's a lot of people that aren't blood related to her that have also been showing up for her since my grandfather passed. And I I told her, I was like, I know that they broke your heart and they're gonna continue breaking your heart. They showed you several times who they are. And it's unfortunate and it's very disappointing, but you have more people that love you than those three that don't and she kind of stayed quiet but then she said you're right she's like Miha you're right and she's like yeah I'm gonna get through this I, I'm not I'm not done living I don't I don't want to go yet so I'm gonna do what you're saying and I'm just gonna focus on you guys because I, I still want to see my two kids and my my grandkids and my great grandkids and that made me happy because the worst thing that I could hear as her grandkid is that she was giving up which you know I understand on one end because who wants to keep living with fucking disappointments all the time she's in this like golden age right like you just want to live life enjoy the rest of your life with people that love you be in peace and she was she hasn't been able to do that because these motherfuckers keep calling her into fucking court with some bullshit. So I told her, I was like, you know, you deserve to live the rest of your years, however many you have left, doing whatever the fuck you want. But while all this was going on, I kind of had an epiphany too, which is probably part of my 
pessimism that I also have as a schema that I have dedicated the vast majority of my life in educating myself and in this case it didn't really help I mean I guess on one end because I have learned a lot about mental health and I have been able to surround myself with people that are on a journey of healing and establishing boundaries and just you know focusing on themselves and being whole I've been able to access those types of resources because I've been in school for so long and because of my profession but honestly my fucking dissertation wasn't gonna help me with shit right now so that was just like damn bro were all these years of me being in school worth it and now I've been asking myself have I missed out on other parts of life because I've focused so much on fulfilling my I guess insecurity of my intelligence so I don't know it's been very weird and I also feel like you know I have all these insecurities and and I'm questioning my decisions with going to school and this and that but I'm also low-key mad because I don't feel like I've even celebrated really accomplishing this and it pisses me off because I was so fucking scared to get this degree I was so scared to even apply and I feel like it's a big deal to me but I don't even know how to celebrate it like my family's throwing me a party which I'm super grateful for but with all this shit going on I'm like what if I don't make it to this party so I'm just gonna die having defended this dissertation and that's it like I, we went to have lunch with my fiance and his brother and that was the end of my celebration since then I've literally just went back to whatever the fuck else I do Zumba going to work Zumba going to work started playing my video game again I started reading again for fun and it, that's it so it's just like damn all of that for this it's kind of fucked up but I also tell myself that I can't expect for a lot of other people to understand how big of a deal this is because not everyone does things with fear so a lot of times I've, I've heard people that have these big dreams and like these huge ideas, but that's just the extent of what they end up being, just bubbles above their head with pictures and words, but nothing comes into fruition because they're too scared to take the risk. So when you haven't experienced accomplishing something that you were so fucking scared to do it's kind of hard for you to understand what this is like like when i tell you i would when i defended my 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 whole dissertation that i did a couple two weeks ago i was fucking scared because they could have literally told me this isn't ready you can't move on 
and I would not be graduating this year. So although in most cases now they won't even let you get to the point of doing the presentation if you're not ready, there's still that slight chance that they could allow you to do the presentation, but that doesn't mean that they'll allow you to graduate. So I was fucking scared. I literally went to bed thinking about my presentation and woke up thinking about my presentation. So I know I didn't get good enough sleep. I was rehearsing my slides. I even presented to my fiance. And even though he said it was good and everyone else said it was good, I was still like, who the fuck is going to care? So this is, I don't know. I'm still in disbelief a little bit. But again, I find myself seeking validation from outside. So I am going to embark on a healing journey just to kind of get to the root of all of these issues. I know my my little florecita, my little inner flor, my inner child has to come out and shine and heal because I've got a lot of lot of layers, a lot of layers of shit that I kind of need to unpack in order for me to just feel like I'm free. Because even crying in public, I still can't do that. So I had posted the video of when they told me that I made it. And only a few people caught caught where it looks like I'm about to cry, but then I reel it back in. And that's what I do. I had to train my body a long, 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 long time ago how to not cry in front of people because it's a sign of weakness. So I can barely cry in private. Sometimes I literally have to play like a specific song or something to just push me to the edge of crying. Or if my fiance knows that I'm like overwhelmed and he'll be like, are you okay? And at that point, if it's like the last straw, I will literally just cry. But even then, I I won't let him see me cry. Like he'll know that I'm crying and he'll be like hugging me. But I, it feels weird to like show my face to him when I'm crying, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's really fucking weird, but toxic masculinity isn't just for guys but that's something that I definitely do want to work on because I do find it powerful when people are able to just be humans in front of each other because we're all human we all have hearts and it's very normal to cry but I can't my my body will not cry in front of people like when my grandfather passed away I literally fell apart in my condo with my fiance and in my brain I remember telling myself get it all out because the minute that you make it to your parents house you have to be the rock for your dad and that's exactly what I did I didn't cry at the funeral I cried a little bit when we buried my grandfather but I had my sunglasses on and it was dark by then so no one could see me but I did not cry in front of my dad or my grand my grandmother 
So a lot of healing, a lot of healing. But all in all, you know, that's part of the journey of life. Making decisions and then reflecting and then seeing kind of like, for what? What was all this for? Was it worth it? I think part of it was worth it because although I can't use my education to solve everything unfortunately the way this country has been working we do need some degrees some education to kind of move us up into better financial situations or at least to get us more resources like I had mentioned earlier and this education system is still fucked up and there aren't enough bold black and brown people with these degrees and in these spaces to make decisions to actually dismantle or like unfuck the system you know and there are a lot of there are a lot of Latino students, you know, going to school and stuff. And I'm glad that I can be a resource to them as they're managing their lives and dealing with the bullshit at home and still trying to get this fucking degree. I'm glad that I can be of help to them and be real with them. So my my saying lately has been just remember this education this degree is one very small part of your identity so me realizing that I've kind of thought about like what am I going to do now right and that's been the biggest question actually since I defended everyone's been asking well what's next what's next and honestly it's it's been resting I've tried my best to rest. Um, I'm trying to get back into a good workout routine because, you know, I know my symptoms when it comes to my anxiety and depression, and I really do not want to be on medication. I really do not want to be on medication. And, you know, nothing against people that are on medication. Some people really do need it. But from what I was told, I can stay away from needing it if I find endorphins through something else, like working out. And I really do love being able to move my body and sweating and being able to focus on just moving my body. So that's what I've been trying to to do now, get on a, a good routine reading more novels for fun and I actually opened up my own publishing company so I've also been working on editing the first book the first anthology that I'm gonna publish and even with that it's in some cases it's taken a toll because the topic is very heavy so once it's done I'll let y'all know but I got a few things coming up um But I'm kind of glad I didn't jump into anything too big right after finishing 
my dissertation because right now, like these past couple of days, I've just been worried about my grandmother. And yeah, I luckily she's doing better. My dad was able to go, but I just, I've been kind of like mentally preparing myself for the worst, just in case, but hoping for the best, but you know, everyone's like planning vacations and stuff right now. And where I've been in the last, honestly, I think I I didn't realize how old I was and how old my elders were getting until maybe like eight years ago and that's why I've prioritized going to visit my grandparents so much because there's gonna be a day where they're not gonna be here I mean I, I already lost my grandfather you know and this is the part where if your grandparents are in the same country as you like you're not gonna understand right um I always joke with my fiance because I always say that I wish I had a lot of money so I could buy a jet so that I could go visit my grandmother whenever I want because I just wish I had access to her that frequently or that easily because I don't know you know when's the last day she's gonna be here but you know I'm not rich I'm not rich um so what I try to do is at least go visit her once a year but even that I don't feel like it's enough um but it doesn't help that the airline tickets are so expensive now. Like even sending my my parents out was about a thousand dollars and it was one way. So that's what I've been trying to prioritize right now is going to visit my grandmother. Cause you know what? Those luxury vacations and stuff, they're always gonna be there. But my my grandma's not gonna be here forever, you know? And there's something about going to visit where my dad grew up and where I played as a kid there's I just feel very grounded when I go visit my grandma I like to be around the nature and I like to go visit my grandfather's tomb and just kind of reminisce the stories that he would tell me and envision all of these things happening so you ever wondered why I like to go to the rancho so much it's that I don't really see it as vacation honestly it kind of feels like coming back home and even though it's been stressful to go these past couple years because you know unfortunately I'm gonna hear about the bullshit I'm gonna see the bullshit and then I see how much my grandmother's aging because of the stress and obviously her age and it, it hurts to see the, the circumstances. But I go to continue strengthening my relationship with my grandmother. And also to kind of get to know a little bit more about myself. Because as I've heard her stories, I've also been able to see a lot of similarities. And I feel like I'm closer to my ancestors when I go so it's those are the trips that I see as like healing they're not so much a vacation it's more of like I'm going to heal I'm going to nurture my 
part of my soul because my my raices you know are partially there and i've also been trying to plan this trip to guatemala so i don't know what this is gonna look like y'all i hope i do win the lottery though like low-key so that i could also go see my other half of my roots and take my mom she hasn't been over there my entire life but this is this is what's been going on y'all this is what's been going on but if you didn't get a chance i hope you were able to listen to the voice message from gabby so i do want to give gabby a shout out and her mom because they've been listening to all of my episodes and my girl rocky and everyone else that has been tuning in in my infrequent episodes it it means a lot and just you know a note because i very i do have a very strong personality for those that know me personally or have seen me in the streets i was actually talking about it earlier today i do have a strong personality and a strong facade um but part of it is also a defense mechanism because i'm also very sensitive believe it or not i don't have a lot of friends and that's on purpose because i don't trust people people be people in but the few that i have made connections with i am very loyal i'm a very loyal friend and I have the back of all my loved ones. And I think that's the part that keeps me from being so open to all friendships because I think I'm still low-key scared of getting hurt, you know? So some connections happen, some don't. It is what it is, you know? Um, but... Yeah, don't let this uh, strong facade fool you because I I am very in tune with my emotions. I'm very sensitive, um, which is why I, you know, keep to myself a lot of times. And I don't go into a lot of projects because, like I said, I'm very insecure when it comes to my intelligence and my abilities. So I only agree to do things that I know I'm going to be great at. Not good, but great. So I'm just, I'm very hard on myself. But big shout out to Gabby and everyone else that's been tuning in. I don't know what these episodes are going to look like after this. But thank you for tuning in either way. <laughs>